Hello, and welcome back to Bestie Chats with Soph. I am your host, Sophia Panella, and I'm so happy to have you here. This episode is sponsored by Legion Athletics. Legion is the number one best-selling brand of all natural sports supplements with over 400,000 customers served and 3 million bottles sold. But you guys know how I roll. I'll be honest in telling you that supplements are not going to be the end solution to reaching your goals. And let me make it clear that you do not need supplements in order to reach your goals. Supplements are to be used if there are spaces in your diet that need to be filled, or if you're deficient in any vitamins and minerals. That's where dietary supplements will help you out. Legion has been the only supplement company that doesn't leave me feeling like garbo, and that's because it's all natural supplements, and better yet, they're all backed by research and science. Like, it doesn't get better than that. My favorite products from Legion I use every day are their original grains, the peach ring pre-workout flavor, I'm not joking, you guys, it literally tastes like the peach rings candy, and both the grass-fed whey and vegan cinnamon cereal protein powder best protein powder of all time. Both both of them. They're so good. You can go to www.legionathletics.com and take the quiz to see what supplements will best fit you towards reaching your goals. And don't forget to use code SOFIA at checkout. I am soon approaching three years of being off of hormonal birth control. And what a journey this has been. I think if there's one thing I wish I knew before getting off of hormonal birth control it would have been fully understanding the female cycle. I wish I knew way, way more about the female cycle than when I did when I got off. Because as you guys know, if you haven't already listened to episode two, my birth control story, highly suggest taking a listen to that. But if you listen to that, then you know, I really just quit cold turkey. I did it because I wanted to get my sex drive back. I felt like completely, it was like an out-of-body experience. I felt like I didn't even know who I was anymore. I was like, I need to get off. My intention wasn't like, I need to learn about the female cycle and I really want to get off of birth control and do that. No, no, no. Because in all transparency here, you guys, I knew nothing. I, I did not properly prepare myself whatsoever. I really just jumped off the deep end and hoped for the best. I do not recommend this way of doing it. But I can't really blame myself because it was 2020 and female reproductive health was not talked about nearly as much as it is now. So I've got to cut myself a little bit of slack. But now that there's so much more information out there about birth control and hormones and all the different things, female reproductive health, it's it makes it a little bit easier, I would say, to kind of understand the female cycle, even though it's very complex and more people are sharing their stories. So now you can actually really properly prepare yourself before getting off of hormonal birth control, if that is something that you desire to do. So today we're going to take a deep dive into the female cycle. You know what spiel I'm about to go into, but I have to say it. I have to. I am not a doctor. I am not certified in literally anything we are going to be talking about today. The information I'm sharing with you all is information you can look up on your own. Okay, I'm not a wizard. The research is out there, y'all. And through my own experience of learning my body, tracking my own cycle, and research I've done, I've learned a lot. Do I know everything? No. But I'm going to dumb down the female cycle to the bare bones so y'all can easily understand what goes on in the female body during this time. 
I do want to say though, that the female cycle is complex as fuck. Okay. Like we could spend a whole episode just on one phase of our cycle. So what I tell you within each phase it's not the only information to be shared. There is much more. I don't want you to like listen to this episode and be like, okay, well, now I know everything. No, no, no. Continue to research, 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 research. Look up your own stuff that you need to look up. If you're experiencing different things, like look it up, do research and take deep dives into that. That's how I've learned everything that I know today is anytime I feel something or I question something, I look it up and I don't go off of the first three links on Google because those are usually all sponsored. I really go into like research studies to see like what the fuck is going on. So I basically am just going to dumb it down to the basics of things that I wish I knew before getting off. And also you guys remember, I'm not encouraging anybody to get off of hormonal birth control. And this really, this episode doesn't have anything to do with hormonal birth control. This is actually, we're really just going to be talking about the female cycle and what the fuck goes on in our bodies during the female cycle. So all in all, take this with a literal grain of salt if you must. All right, let's get into it. Let's start off with the phases of the female cycle and the average timeline. Okay. So I am going based off of a 28 day cycle, which is the average length of a female cycle. It's 28 days. However, not every woman out there has a 28 day cycle. For me, I have a 30 day cycle. Okay. So the average length that most people talk about in studies, when they talk about female cycles and they add a timeline of the phases, it's usually 28 days. So like I said, some cycles are shorter, some are longer, but on average, we're going to go off of a 28-day cycle here. Commonly, people believe that there are four phases of the female cycle, which is, it's kind of true, but kind of not. I think this confuses people. Like I'm probably already confusing you and off to a bad start. It confused me when I first started tracking and learning, but I want you to understand this, okay? There are two main phases of the female cycle. You have your first part of your cycle, which is your follicular phase, and you have your second part slash second half of your cycle, which is your luteal phase. In the first half of your cycle, within the follicular phase, which comes first, you have your menstruation, aka your period, which is considered one of the phases of your cycle. Within the second half of your cycle, the luteal phase, you have your ovulation, which is also considered one of the phases of your cycle. I know that probably is confusing as fuck. So you have your menstruation, follicular, ovulation, luteal. However, they are all like the two main are follicular and luteal. Within follicular, there's menstruation, Within luteal, there's ovulation. I hope that kind of clarifies some things because a lot of people think, and I used to think this as well, a lot of people used to think phase one is menstruation and then after menstruation starts the follicular phase and then after that starts ovulation and then after ovulation starts your luteal phase. And that's not entirely true, okay? Now let's, let's start with day one of your cycle. Day one of your new cycle is the day you have your, what I like to call, big bleed. This is the day you start your period. 
Now, if you spot a little bit before your period, like you kind of have that like brown stuff, that kind of like old blood comes out a little bit, like you can feel it coming, you're spotting a little bit, but it's not fully your big bleed yet. That is not your period. Your day one of your period is your big bleed. Like when you go pee and it's like a massacre in the toilet, that is day one of your new cycle. So that is day one of menstruation and also day one of your follicular phase. Your follicular phase starts the day you start your period. So essentially two phases start at once. However, menstruation is considered phase one and follicular is considered phase two, even though they start the same day. I hope this makes sense. I really hope when I'm listening back to this, this really does make sense because I know this can be confusing. So your menstruation is phase one. These are days one to seven. However, menstruation can last anywhere on average from three to seven days. So your phase one of menstruation, if you only bleed for three days, you're day one to three. If you do the full seven, you're day one to seven, or you're maybe day one to six. For me on average, I have about a four-ish day period, four to five day period. So for me, my phase one of my menstruation, it's usually days one through days five. Your follicular phase lasts on average from days one to day 13. That is the first part of your cycle. The second part of your cycle is your luteal phase, like I just mentioned. Your luteal phase starts when you ovulate. So phase three is ovulation, which is on average days 14 to 18. Your luteal phase is on average days 14 to 28. And then you begin your period and start your new cycle from day one again. I know that probably made things very complicated, so let me make it more clear. If there's anything that you want to like write down or jot notes about, I'm going to make it as crystal fucking clear as I can, okay? Phase one, menstruation, days one to seven. Phase two, follicular phase, days one to 13. Phase three, ovulation, days 14 to 18. Phase four, luteal phase, days 14 to 28. I hope that kind of makes things a little bit more clear. Now with these numbers, you guys, they differ for every single individual. Remember, we're only going based off of a 28-day cycle minus 30 days long. So for me personally, I find that my follicular phase lasts longer. I am usually ovulating a little bit later. Like sometimes I end up in the 16 to 18-day range for my ovulation instead of it being within the 14 to 16 day range, if that kind of makes sense. So for me personally, from tracking my cycle, I know my follicular phase is a little bit longer. I ovulate a little bit later, usually like not, and I'm talking like a day or two later than the norm, which does make a huge difference. And then my luteal phase is a little bit shorter, although it feels like it's forever. And then I start my period again. So I hope that kind of makes sense. And also I don't want you to 
have these numbers like very much stuck in your head because again, everyone's different with their cycle. Everyone is going to have different timelines. So I don't want you to be like, oh, our follicular phase only ends on day 13 and that's it. Like we're done after day 13. We automatically start ovulation. No, that's, it's very, very different for the individual, which makes it very special. You know, your, your cycle is so individual to you. It's a very individual experience tracking it, what you feel during it. It's just it's very unique and it's it's a really cool experience once you understand your cycle and understand like your own length of the four phases and everything like that. Okay, now that we have the timeline down, I want to get into things that happen during these phases, like thoughts, feelings, moods, sexual desires, exercise, food, creativity, Etc. Again, there's a lot that goes on during each phase, like what hormones are pumping through your body. Because I can say, like, oh, your testosterone spikes here and your estrogen drops there. But what does that really mean? Like, what the fuck does that really mean? So I am going to give you a little bit of biology on like what happens with your levels hormonally during this time. But I'm also going to tell you what you can feel during this time. Not everybody's going to feel this way. Some people feel complete opposite, which again, that's what makes it, that's what makes it very unique. But I'm going to tell you on average things that you feel during each phase, like your energy may be extremely low. You may be more inclined to feel, want, want to be alone during this time because blah, blah, blah. Okay. So that's what we're going to do and attack in this next part. I do want to say much of this information I am getting from the book Hormone Intelligence by Aviva Ram, MD. This is the number one book I recommend when it comes to learning about the female cycle. I am going to be using Dr. Rom's analogy here in splitting the phases into seasons. So winter, spring, summer, and autumn. So this is not my doing here. I did not come up with this thought process of splitting the phases into seasons. I am not taking credit for this. This is 100% from this book and it made me understand the female cycle. Like once I read this book and the way that she split this into seasons, I was like, this is brilliant. And it allowed my mind to understand the female cycle so much easier because this shit's complicated and it's complex. So if you do have this book, you can almost read along with me here because I'm basically going to be summarizing each phase into the seasons and exactly how she does it and summarize kind of the information that she put out there. So I don't want you to magically think that like, I know all this. I mean, I do know all this information now because I've read it over and over and over again because I have read this book literally so many times, you guys, because the first time I was like, holy shit, this is a lot of information. Like I need to reread it and reread it to fully understand. So this is going to be a lot. I mean, this is a dense episode. It's very educational. So this will be kind of a lot. You may need to listen to this episode a few times, but definitely highly, highly suggest getting that book you can read along with the way that I sum up the information that she gives us here. So I want to make it crystal clear that I am not like pulling this magically out of my ass and that I am all knowing here and that like this is my doing of how I know this information. I give 110% credit to Dr. Rom here. Okay, so here we go. All right, so we are going to begin with phase one, day one, which as you guys know now, because you are super freaking smart, it is menstruation. So we have the winter time, the cold, dark, lonely winter time. This is what season we're in. 
We're heading into the winter right now. What happens during this time biologically? Our uterine lining sheds. We know that. We kind of know that, right? Like we make jokes where it's like, oh my God, my uterine lining is shedding because when you are bleeding, that is your uterine lining shedding. But what does that mean? What does that mean? Okay. So when your body every single month, if you think about it, your body does this whole fucking ordeal where it's like, okay, we're getting ready to conceive. Here we are. Egg is dropped. We're ready for you. Oh, there's no sperm. We're not fertilized. Okay. Now it's time to shed the uterine lining and start again next month. Like your body basically prepares itself to conceive every single month. Now, when your body is preparing to conceive, your uterine lining proliferates, which means that it gets thicker and mushier for a potential egg to be fertilized. Now, when it's not fertilized, your uterine lining sheds. It's like, okay, didn't conceive this month. We're shedding this shit out. We're starting new next month. So hormonally, your estrogen and progesterone drop to their lowest points, accompanied by a drop in serotonin. Love that for us. Such a sleigh. And a peak in inflammatory chemicals, i.e. prostaglandins. I hope I'm saying that right. I looked it up on how to say it. That's how the little Siri gal said it. Prostaglandins are inflammatory chemicals, and that is going to come up a little bit later in the explanation. I know I'm throwing around all these crazy terms right now, and it may seem a little bit confusing, but basically all of these together are reasons we experience signs and symptoms, aka PMS, before our period. So that's kind of what happens when we start our period, our uterine lining sheds, okay? So These are now we're going to get into like the thoughts and feelings that we experience. This is a natural time to slow down, to reflect, and to get quiet. We're in the wintertime right now, okay? The narrative of this phase is that we as women, we're irrational, we're grumpy, we're moody, we're crazy, etc. But a published study in the biology of sex differences found that the hormonal shifts in this phase may actually activate our willpower and enhance our ability to stick to resolutions. There is no science proving that the hormonal shifts during this time make us irrational and fucking crazy. It's just a narrative that society, and also that we as women encourage as well, where it's like, ugh, sorry, I'm on my period. Like, I'm just a little crazy right now. We need to knock it off with that. We need to see this in a different lighting and be like, you know what? During this time, I'm actually, no, actually, no, I'm activating my willpower and enhancing my ability to stick to resolutions. Okay. So that's what I'm doing right now. Like you can say that instead of you being like, oh, sorry, I'm just a little crazy right now because it's, oh, I'm on my period. No, no, no. You say, I'm activating my willpower. Please hold. Thank you. You can use this time kind of as like a symbolic time to let go and shed anything you need to spiritually, emotionally, physically. I know we're getting deep here. I know we're getting a little philosophical, but it's kind of like a metaphorical new start. Okay. You're starting new. You're starting fresh. Shed the shit from last month. We're starting brand new. Okay. Since you have low progesterone and estrogen levels, it may make it harder to sleep at the beginning of your period. Maybe you're dreaming a little bit more vividly. As estrogen declines, so does your serotonin. And if you don't know what serotonin is, serotonin is a neurotransmitter in your brain and that's your feel good transmitter. So when you do things that make you happy, that's serotonin being boosted. So you see family, you eat chocolate, you eat your favorite meal. Like serotonin is, is 
boosting up in your brain. Okay. So during this time, your estrogen declines. So does your serotonin. So you're feeling like shit. This may make you crave more comfort foods as well, which I'll explain in a little bit. There's a little bit of science behind why you crave more comfort foods and carbs during and like right before your period. It's wild, you guys. About 75% of women skip workouts during our period because we just don't feel like it. But wait, you ready for this? Hormone shifts and increased prostaglandins, that inflammatory chemical, make us more sensitive to pain in the week leading up to our period. So we are literally biologically going through shit in our body where we are more sensitive to pain. You're not fucking crazy. You're not just experiencing like, you know, crazy things. You are literally going to be more sensitive to pain week the week leading up to your period. Regular light exercise reduces period symptoms from bloating to cramps, okay? It can help relieve pelvic tension and overall just make you feel better. So even if you feel like shit, you're a little bit more sensitive to pain, you're not feeling good, get a little bit of movement. I'm not talking a fucking marathon or a CrossFit Games moment. I'm talking just going out for a 10-minute walk or maybe just doing some stretching. You can go to a yoga class. You can go to a light Pilates class. Hit during this time, not super encouraged. Okay, you can do what you want. Do what do whatever makes you feel good. Get movement in though, because it will literally relieve pelvic tension. It'll help with cramping. And also it's going to boost your self-esteem. It's just going to make you feel better. And at this time, we already feel like dog shit. So we might as well do something that's going to make us feel a little bit better, right? Okay, now let's head into the springtime which is your follicular phase. Okay, we're out of the thick of it. We're out of winter. We're heading into spring. Things are blooming. We're getting really bad allergies, but we're feeling much better. The sun is out. Our depression is cured. Now I'm going to tell you, your follicular phase is the best fucking time of the month. It's also the easiest time of the month for most women as well, but it's literally the best. Like you are thriving in your follicular phase. So to get into the little bit of science with your follicular phase, One of your ovaries becomes the dominant one and is getting ready to release an egg because you ovulate from one ovary per month and it usually switches each month. Now, obviously, yes, there's cases where maybe people have ovulated from just one ovary. Maybe they only like they don't switch off it, whatever. Like there's a million different things that can happen. But for the most part, on average, you ovulate from one ovary per month. It typically drops just one egg and it switches each month. If you drop multiple eggs, if you drop two eggs out of one ovary, those are fraternal twins. If you drop an egg and it splits into two, those are biological twins. Okay, do you get that? You, you kind of picking up what I'm putting down? So right now during your follicular phase, your uterine lining is proliferating. Yep, there's that word again. So it's getting mushier, it's getting thicker, It's getting ready for the implementation of the egg. Towards the end of your follicular phase, your pituitary produces a burst of luteinizing hormone, which prepares the follicle to burst open and boom, you ovulate. I know this is kind of like a lot of science. This is why I didn't want to drop a lot of science on you guys because you're like, what's a luteinizing hormone? What's a pituitary? What's going on here? What's going on there? And I don't want to make it too sciencey. I don't want to make it too confusing. So I, I'm probably just going to brush over a lot of the science part. Like if you guys want to go into depth on like scientifically what happens with your hormones, 
what the pituitary is, what this and that is, I highly suggest it. I'm just going to kind of breeze over it right now, which I know you're probably like, why are you doing that? But I wanted to get into more. Again, I wanted to focus more in on how you feel during this month. What are things, thoughts, feelings, emotions that like make a little bit more sense? But I will tell you the luteinizing hormone that is released and produced during this time, that's how you test for ovulation, okay? So here's a little sidebar. When you test for ovulation, you have these strips. Again, you guys, I use natural cycles. So I use the um, LH strips from natural cycles. I'll pee in a cup. When it tells me to, it, it prompts me to be like, hey, you're ovulating. When the, within the next few days, start taking your LH strips now. Test for a spike in LH. So basically, you pee into a cup. You take like a little pH strip. You dip it in there. You lay it flat. You wait for two lines to show up. Now, if only one line shows up, you're not, you don't have your LH spike yet. If two lines show up, that means your LH is spiking, which means in the next 24 hours, 24 to 48 hours, you will be ovulating. And then you confirm ovulation by a spike in temperature. Okay. Anywhere from 0.5 to 1.0 will be your spike in temp. Once you have that spike in temp after your LH is spiked, right? Okay. You've confirmed ovulation. I hope that kind of makes sense. We, we can go into more depth on that in another episode on how to actually track and how to track, but we're just going to go over the bare, bare minimum of the female cycle. Okay, moving on. So during your follicular phase, you have a peak in estrogen, which will make you feel more calm and optimistic. You'll have a rise in testosterone, which will have you feeling confident and sexy. You'll have increased energy levels, motivation, muscle strength. You'll have increased sex drive. You may not only feel great, but also, listen to this, your face may look more symmetrical and your skin, that estrogen booming skin may be clearer. Like you may literally be glowing. The ovulation glow is so fucking real. It's, it's not even funny. If only the follicular phase could last 24-7, like that would be great. Like what? why, why is that not it? Anyways, whatever. But listen to this, you guys, okay? You might feel more eager to go out and socialize and connect and have a girl's night because your ancient hormonal blueprint is driving you to have a social safety net in case you conceive a child. Wild, right? Like you guys, when you learn about your cycle, it literally will date back to like ancient blueprint of like what ha happens hormonally with the female body it's insane. It's crazy. Sleep may come a little easier now. You maybe have sharpened focused, better memory and decision making. Since you're heading towards ovulation, you may feel more at home in your body. You probably have less cravings. You may even weigh a couple pounds less. A boost in energy will urge you to be more active. So high intensity workouts right now are golden. If you are to hit a PR, it is during your follicular phase right before ovulation. This is when you want to be pushing your body hard with those workouts. A rise in testosterone will increase your sex drive quite a bit, but also can suspend your better judgment. Okay? So if you're not looking to get pregnant, be wise during this time because you're more likely to get pregnant during this time. Your body is preparing to ovulate. Your body is preparing to drop the egg 
Your body's preparing to conceive. Like she's like, all right, here we go again. Another month. Let's fucking do this. Let's see if we're doing this right now. Like you're basically your body is setting you up for success here. It's like, we're going to push testosterone a little bit more. We're going to, we're going to have more energy. We're going to feel sexier. You know what? Let's throw in a little bit more of a symmetrical face. It's wild. It's wild what your body does, you guys. It's crazy. So that's kind of what happens during your follicular phase. I'm telling you, it's the best time of the month. Now we are heading into high summer, which is ovulation. Now this is the beginning of the luteal phase, which we all know that by now, okay? We're experts by now. We all know that we are in the second half of our cycle. We're entering the luteal phase. We are heading into ovulation. Here's the science, all right? The mature follicle ruptures, release that one ovary, okay? Releasing the egg, which travels down the fallopian tubes and either meets up with the sperm trying to find an egg to fertilize, or your egg begins to disintegrate unfertilized, okay? So your egg drops, and she's hanging out. She's like, okay, bitch, we have 24 hours to fertilize. If not, I'm disintegrating, and I'm fucking out of here. You had your one chance, and you're done. Now, the window for ovulation with the egg, once it drops... I have read out there, it usually is 24 hours. Each hour that goes by that the egg is not fertilized, the egg gets weaker and weaker and weaker, and it basically disintegrates. It just kind of like, she's like, all right, peace out, bitch. I'm out of here. It it disintegrates and it gets weaker and weaker. However, sometimes the egg can, can be there still, even if it's weaker for more than 24 hours. But it's, it's from what I've read. Okay. Don't take this with a grain of salt. From what I've read, it could be 24 to 48 hours, a day or two. I would just be cautious that extra, you know, 48 hours after, I would definitely be careful, okay? But other than that, once that egg drops, if it is not fertilized each hour that goes by, it just gets weaker and weaker and weaker. And let me tell you this, okay? You can only get pregnant during this time of your cycle. You cannot get pregnant 24-7. You guys, I want to drill that into your brain. I am living proof. If there is no egg to fertilize, you can't get pregnant, you guys. Like, you can't get pregnant. However, yes, the egg can only be fertilized for about 24 hours once it's released. And then if not, it disintegrates. But Since viable sperm can linger in your fertile cervical mucus in your fallopian tube and other little fucking nooks and crannies for three to five days, your fertile window is five to six-ish days long. I know that's confusing. Just our fucking luck as females, right? But sperm can live inside of your body, like viable sperm. Like they, my God, shoot out millions and millions and millions of sperm there. And a lot of them die to my understanding, like right away, but obviously like there's a ton of them. So the chances are kind of high-ish, I guess you could say. Um, But viable sperm can live inside of your body, inside of your fallopian tubes, little nooks and crannies, your fertile cervical mucus for three to five days inside of your body. Now, this is kind of where the gray area comes in because I know I just said that like you can only get pregnant during this window. You can only get pregnant if there is an egg there. You can only get pregnant if if you ovulate. You ovulate only once a month. There's not just like an egg 
chill in there 24 fucking seven. I feel like that's kind of what we all believe that the egg is just there ripe waiting to be fertilized like 24 seven, 365 days a year. No, that's just, that's not true. That's not the case. Um, you can't get pregnant 24 seven. However, sperm can live inside of you for three to five days. So say for instance, five days before you ovulate, you do the nasty, your partner finishes inside of you. Yes, it's not extremely, extremely, extremely likely. Like it's not going to be a hundred percent of the time that you'd get pregnant if this happens. However, if you have, you know, if your partner has strong swimmers that are just hanging out in these nooks and crannies for the five day period and you end up ovulating like then and there's, you know, a sperm there, you just takes one. It just takes one to fertilize the egg. You know, that's kind of where it becomes a little bit scary. Okay. But it's not super, super likely. It's not like 100% of the time that's going to happen whatsoever. But that's just kind of where the gray area comes in to count. So I hope that kind of I hope that kind of makes sense. I know I just went on a little bit of a rant. All right. So now now we're we're moving on. Okay. So now ovulation is the shit. Yes, it can be scary-ish time for some, but once you track your cycle and you get to know your body, it becomes way less scary. Because for me personally, I'll tell you guys, I'll be honest. I steer clear of any type of funny business during this time. Now, there's a million different things that you can do to be close with your partner physically. You don't got to do the deed to be close with your partner. There's a bunch of things that can be done without doing the full thing. Okay. So, but I personally, Nash and I like to steer clear during this time. We like to just avoid it at all costs because we're like, you know what? We just don't want to take the chance. And for me personally, you guys, honestly, I'm going to tell you all the opposite, but sometimes ovulation is not fun for me. I cramp a little bit. I actually feel it. I get sharp pains on either my right or left side, depending on what ovary is going to be working this month. It's wild. Okay. But I steer clear during this time. All right. But listen, okay. Ovulation puts you at peak energy, peak mood, peak optimism. We're sharp as hell. Our ability to learn and make decisions is on motherfucking point. We're more inclined to go out with the girls and mingle because again, we're trying to find like our hormonal, biological, historical, whatever you call it, blueprint is pushing us to go out to find a mate, right? But listen to this. Okay. You may need to sit down for this one because it's a little wild. Because our evolutionary biology is pushing us towards mate hunting over food hunting, we may find ourselves with less cravings and a higher hormonal willpower and energy. What? Like, how cool is that? Like, you may just have, like, you have all this energy. You're like, oh, I'm not really as hungry, but I have, like, a ton of energy. I'm working out like crazy. No, it's not just because you're you're doing that. It's, it's literally your hormonal evolutionary biology pushing you towards mate hunting over food hunting. Like that's what your body is prioritizing right now. High estrogen and testosterone will boost your sex drive like cray cray because essentially your body is preparing you to be with child. You know, fun fact, this time of the month is when it's easiest to experience an O, an orgasm, a big O. But I'm talking about those mind-blowing ones, you know, like those big, big, big ones. You're more likely to experience that during this time of the month. During ovulation, we're also innately driven to be attracted to partners with what are called high fitness genes. I did air quotes around that. 
which can be anything from smelling good, a strong jawline, maybe they're really intellectual. Isn't this crazy? Is this not crazy? I know we went on a few rants with ovulation, okay? But I really wanted you guys to understand the full thing. Like, yes, you have peak energy. Your sex drive is crazy. You're like in a really good mood. You're wanting to go out with the girls more. If you think about it, evolutionary, evolutionarily speaking, I don't think that's a word. But if you're thinking about it, historically speaking, it makes sense, right? It makes sense. But for me personally, sometimes, and it's different for me every month, sometimes my ovulation's great. I'm high energy. I'm feeling good. Sometimes I have months where I'm cramping more than I cramp during my PMS. I have sharp pains and I'm bloated as hell. It's like worse than my PMS. So sometimes ovulation can be fan-fucking-tastic and sometimes it can be not so fun. But overall, majority of the time, you'll be glowing, high energy, sex drive is through the roof, your your body's having fun. We're all having fun here. Okay, I know this has been a ton of information. I know it's been a lot. I hope that this makes sense. I hope when I listen back to this, I'm like, okay, yeah, this makes sense. But we are finally into autumn, which is our luteal phase. This is a dense one because, well, to be honest, the luteal phase sucks ass, and I'll explain why. Now, if you don't conceive during ovulation, and you're not pregnant, shit hits the fan with your body. Within 10 days of ovulation, your progesterone and estrogen drops, your uterine lining will shed, and you will have your period again. Now, the first half of your luteal phase, the first half of the second half, right, first half of your luteal phase isn't that bad because you're still kind of riding that high of ovulation, right? All the fun that happens there, it's still kind of riding into the first half of your luteal phase. However, the second half of your luteal phase, about a week before your period, seven to 14-ish days, you know, it can be a week or two before your period, is where shit gets gnarly. Your declining estrogen levels can lead to lower moods, lower energy levels, and the feeling of being depleted. That is the perfect word and term that I can use to describe the feeling right before your period. When you're PMSing, like what I feel is wholehearted, complete depletion. I'm depleted as fuck. Your energy levels will be the lowest that they will be at all month. Right now, Before your period and even maybe a day or two into your period, you are dragging ass. Your low energy levels are due to the fact that you are declining with estrogen. Okay, so there's reasonings behind. Like there's literal hormonal shifts that are going on in your body, which are leading to why you feel so grumpy and tired and depleted and like you physically cannot there's literal things going on in your body that explains why. Like, you are not crazy. You're not crazy, okay? You may feel more emotionally heightened and triggered. Maybe you're a little bit more reactive and sensitive to critical comments. Hi, that's me. Your emotional filter is also lowered, okay? So if you've been squashing down some emotions like anger or sadness because you're like, oh, I'm riding the high of ovulation. I'm feeling good. Whatever. I'll worry about that later. Yeah, it's probably going to come out during this time. Like, they'll probably come out now because your emotional filter is lowered. If you experience PMS symptoms, not all people do, 
But if you experience PMS symptoms like headaches, cramps, fatigue, etc., you will experience them now. Now's the time. You may feel the need to slow down. Get some R&R in. You do have lowered immunity during this time, so take it freaking easy, all right? No one wants to be sick on their period. I just was, and I 10 out of 10 don't recommend. I don't know if you can tell if I'm a little nasally still. I'm trying to speak as clearly as I can, but I just got done traveling for two weeks. I just finished my period, which explained the lowered immunity, which explains me getting sick because I have not been sick in almost two years. You guys, no joke. I am recovering from one of the gnarliest head colds that I've had. Like I have been so stuffed up that I could not taste my food. But as soon as I would blow my nose, I would get like a little bit of flavoring back, right? Like I don't have COVID. Everyone relax. I'm fine. But like I have been so fucking congested. I hope I don't sound like that right now. Like I'm really trying my best to to sound a little bit clear because I go from, oh my God, the raspy, no voice. Here she is. Now she's sick. I will, we will come soon to me sounding normal. I promise you guys on, on this podcast, call it next week. All right. Manifesting next week that I will sound completely back to normal, but I was just sick on my period and I'm, I'm going to 10, 10 out of 10, not recommend it. All right. So fucking relax during this time. The final days of your luteal phase, right before you're about to start your period, throws a fat fucking curveball into your exercise and nutrition. I'm talking fat from left motherfucking field. Get prepared for this one, you guys. Sit down, okay? Our food intake may increase as much as 10% in the second half of our luteal phase with a higher percentage of fatty foods due to the higher energy demands from our bodies. Our bodies are burning a little bit more, not an extended amount, but we are burning a little bit more calories during this time. So your body is like, you're at higher energy demands for our body. So you're craving more foods. Also, wait, you ready? Okay. Literally sit down if you're not babes. Since serotonin is depleted during this time, remember I said it at the beginning, kind of during your period, serotonin slow, estrogen slow, this, that, the other. Okay. Since your serotonin is depleted during this time, you may crave more carbohydrates, more starchy foods, because serotonin requires estrogen as a building block. Estrogen is low right now, so your body tells you to eat that fucking pasta and eat that baguette with a bunch of butter and sugar because serotonin can be produced from carbohydrates. Boom. Mind blown. Isn't that fucking wild? Because I don't know about you guys, but I will literally inhale every single starchy carbohydrate in the world. Like I will go into my cabinet and be like, what can I inhale right now? Because I can't explain it. Nobody talked to me, but I need it. Like again, there's shit that is going on in your body that explains why you feel that way. Like you are not just sitting there overeating. You're not just sitting there like it's ruining all of your progress. Okay. Now I don't encourage you to like do this like every single day of your luteal phase, right? That's not going to have you feeling good. That's not going to be good for your body, but like there's reasonings behind why you feel the way you feel. Okay. And also women recover from muscle damage a little slower during this time. 
And remember from what I told you in a previous episode, I believe it was episode seven, Finding Balance, you tear tiny muscle fibers when you strength train. So be mindful that during this time, we recover a little slower. Okay, so that's why people who cycle sync their workouts to their cycle tend to do low impact workouts during this time because we recover from muscle damage a little bit slower. Obviously, energy levels are way lower. We feel depleted. We're just all over the place, right? Now, again, low impact movements are great during this time. A little movement goes a long way and it will make you feel better. So definitely try to get a little movement in, nothing crazy. Obviously, during this time, our self-image is just horrible. Body dysmorphia at an all-time high, right? Well, I want to share this fact with you. This is a quote from the book, Hormone Intelligence, okay? It says, Research published in the International Journal of Eating Disorders shows that premenstrual hormonal and serotonin shifts along with the physical sensations of bloating, constipation, and fluid retention can activate weight obsession and sink self-image, while hormonal shifts also increase depression. Can we catch a motherfucking break at all? No, the answer is no. But I want you to understand that, like really, really take that into consideration Because there's literal proven research on why we feel the way we do, but I want you to understand that this will pass, okay, people? These feelings will pass. So will we feel like shit? Yes, but will, will these feelings pass and soon enough we'll be wanting to prance around with the fucking girls with our skin glowing and our face more symmetrical, energy high, sex drive high? Yes. So please understand that, yes, do we feel like absolute doo-doo and it feels like there's no way out? Like we're crawling out of this deep, dark mental space that we get into during our luteal phase. Some people, not all of us, but some people really get very much in a dark place right before our period understand that it's going to pass. It's going to pass. Soon enough, you'll be wanting to go out with the girls. You'll be feeling good. You'll be hitting PRs. It's going to come. It's a vicious cycle, but just understand that it will pass. I want you to know that. Now, lastly, I told you guys that this luteal phase is dense. Since your estrogen drops, your libido also might as well. Okay. So you also maybe may experience some dryness down there. Maybe it's a little bit uncomfy to have fufu. Maybe your libido decreases even more because of that. Now, some women actually, listen, okay. Some women actually do say they experience their best O's during this time and may find themselves more down to clown. Okay. I feel like it's one way or the other, or maybe it shifts. Okay. Some people during ovulation, with the slight increase in testosterone right before, with the high energy levels, your sex drives up, you're feeling good. That's when people feel most ready to to do the nasty. Some people are opposite where it's right before or during on their period, they experience the best O's. They are are most down to clown during this time. Everyone's different. Okay. That's why the female cycle is so dope, but understand that it's not like, it's not one way or the other. It's, it's very much like different people experience different things, but I do want to add that in there for my ladies who experience the best O's during this time. And then after all this shit with the luteal phase, 
once you have your big bleed and you start your period, boom, day one of your new cycle and thus begins everything I explained again. Okay. And that's the T ladies. That's the female cycle. Remember that there is literally so much more information out there. If you can believe that on specific hormonal shifts and more in depth on what happens biologically. But I tried my best to sum it up in a simple-ish version. I will say this. After really educating myself and studying my cycle, I am so much nicer to myself. I give myself way more kindness and grace because I have a real idea of what actually goes on in my body during my cycle. I used to just beat myself up verbally so much and be like, God, why am I so tired today? Or why am I scavenging through my pantry right now when I just ate a whole meal? You know, why am I not being able to lift anything at the fucking gym right now? I know why. I know why. And that brings me a lot of peace. It really does, you guys, because I know actually that there is shit going on inside my body to explain the way I feel. And that brings me a lot of comfort and a lot of peace. And I hope that it does the same for you. Okay, you guys. Oh my God. That's all I got. That's all I got. I'm like ready to pass out for a nap right now. I This has been a gnarly, gnarly head cold. Although I feel the best I have felt in the past week, I am still, I'm still not feeling good. I'm not feeling good, but I am, I am being nice to myself. I'm like, you know what? Pushing myself, trying to work out. It's not going to work right now. I can only control what I can control. And what I can control now is taking care of my body, which means resting and fueling my body properly. The thing that I can control right now is my nutrition. So what am I doing? I'm back on my on my nutrition shit, okay? I'm feeling good, feeling my body. We will soon we will soon hopefully come Monday when this episode is released. I'll be hitting my first workout for the first time in like a week and a half. But I know this episode was dense as hell. I hope you learned something though. I hope I dumbed it down to the basics where you can understand what goes on in the female cycle. I know I kind of threw some scientific terms at you. I hope that wasn't too confusing. But you know what? If anything, I hope you have a new appreciation for yourself as a woman because goddamn are we fucking powerful and awesome. No other creature on the planet can do it like we do. Okay? So shout out to all my ladies out there because we can do it all. We can do it all. I really hope that you have a new appreciation for yourself. I hope that you are a little bit nicer to yourself after this episode. And I want to say, of course, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today. I missed you guys. I'm so glad to be back. I know we had the Q&A last week, but we're back in the full swing of things. I'm back home from traveling for a couple weeks and we are going to be digging into some really good stuff here on this podcast and I'm so excited and I just, I friggin' love you guys. Thank you for hanging out with me today and I will talk to you soon.